0: now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My
1: guest is Cindy Phillips, who during her near-death-like experience, God spoke to her and warned her, but she didn't listen. Cindy, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome.
0: Thank you. Nice to be here.
1: All right, Cindy. Besides having an NDE, you've also had at least another paranormal experience. So why don't yes. you start wherever you think is comfortable for you?
0: Okay, well, let me explain first. I was in a accident. I was 15 years old, and I was water skiing, and I, was, um, I looked to my right and saw another boat coming towards me. And I realized within seconds that I was going to have a very, very bad accident. And so um, anyway, I, I tried to I tried to really quickly. Um, I decided, well, I've got two choices. I can either hold on to the rope if I held on to the rope or if I let go. And if I let go, I thought that the engine would probably run over me and kill me. So, I decided holding onto to the rope would be best, so I just held on, turned my head, closed my eyes, and I woke up two weeks later in the hospital, paralyzed from the chest down. I couldn't feel a thing, and that's where that's where my story begins um, fifteen years old, but anyway, um I was at this time, I was married, and was at home. We were going to go to the fair. I know I wrote in the book that it was uh, car races, but it was actually my story.
1: Let me stop and, you there real quick. Yeah, so sure, you had the accident at 15, but now we're fast forwarding in time.
0: We're fast forwarding to um, I was married. Okay. What had, age is that? About
1: 20, 25? I, I
0: was in my 20s, um, 28, 29, okay. something like that. All right. You know, in the early uh, 70s, anyway, or late 70s, late 70s, I'm sorry, early 80s. And um, I was cleaning house, we were going to go to the fair. And I was cleaning house and all excited about that. And all of a sudden, this voice said, don't go to the fair. I mean, loud, I heard it. And I jumped back it was crazy. I mean, the scariest thing that you had ever, I'm just shaking thinking about it because it's not something that you expect. So I was looking around and I thought somebody was in my home and uh, there was nobody there. And so I, I resumed, you know, tried to get back to cleaning my house. Well, I thought that would be the end of it. It wasn't, it was the beginning. And I heard that voice over and over and over again.
1: Was it a man's voice or was it like? It was
0: a male voice. Hmm. It was a male voice. And that's, you know, and it was just these words. Don't go to the fair. Nothing else. Just don't go to the fair. I'm like, gosh. Well, anyway, so I started thinking, maybe I better not go to the fair. Hmm. (laughs) That would be a good idea. But the more I thought about it, I thought, well, how am I going to tell my husband that we can't go to the fair? He's going to think I'm crazy. And, you know, you don't want to appear crazy. So I thought, okay, um, I'll just, I'll come up with something. I don't want to go to the fair. Let's go to a movie. Let's do something else. And um, he got home and I go into this spiel about let's don't go to the fair. And he's like, no, we've already got this planned, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like okay you know I thought okay well it was misting rain outside and I thought thought to myself if I keep my hair from getting wet everything's going to be okay so we left and we went to the fair and I kept my hair under wraps so to speak the whole time we were there and nothing happened I thought thank goodness thank goodness And my husband finally says, well, Cindy, let's go home. You know, I think it's about time we go home. I said, yes, please. I was ready. Jeff, I'd been ready from the time I'd gotten there. I was ready to go home. I didn't even want to stay there. And worst time at the fair I'd ever had. (laughs) But anyway, he said, okay. He said, because I walk on crutches and because of the accident that I'd had, he said, I want you to stand right here over here at the, at the, um, At the ticket counter and I will pick you up. Well, he was way over here in the parking lot, and there was two lanes of traffic and there wasn't anything going. It was just dead stop. Everybody was just slowly moving like this. I thought, oh, this could take forever, and I want to get home. So I I see him and he's parked out here in the front, ready to, you know, to go wherever he is to get me. And I I walked across two lanes of traffic and then I I knew or I thought I knew that he saw me and I waved at him and I thought he saw me. So I was walking in front of the truck and he starts coming forward. And I go into this little roll and um, it's just amazing. It's just, I just rolled into this little ball and stopped right like that. And my head sticking out, looking at the rear tire. And his front tire rolls up on my back. This is my back, and he rolls up right there and stops on the, on the you know the lo- the lower part of my back. Stops right there, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? So I'm screaming and screaming, but um, nobody seems to hear me because of all the all the noises with the fair. Just all the noises. Well, anyway. I'm screaming and screaming, and finally this man comes running up, and he said, Mr., he said, he's pounding on on the window, and he's knocking, and he's going, Mr., he said, you just ran over a lady. And David rolls down the window, and he goes, what are you saying? What do you mean? I just rolled over a, a lady. He said, she's underneath your front tire. You need to back off of her. Well, everybody was all around me by this time, and I didn't even know it. But um, he made everybody back up. I don't know how he did it, but he did. And so David rolls off of me, jumps out of the truck, and he goes, oh, my God, it's my wife. And you could just hear, everybody's like, (gasps) Mm. trying to kill her. That's exactly what they thought. Trying to kill her. Trying to kill her. Well, anyway, um, I'm trying to get up. And this lady's patting me on the hand. She's like, oh, honey, it'll be all right. As soon as the ambulance come, I go, ambulance? She goes, oh, yes, we called it the ambulance. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, um, you know, I don't know. David's talking to somebody and, and they're all saying, you know, it's going to be OK, honey. It's going to be OK. Well, the ambulance comes. I get to the hospital Um, I think I'm kind of skipping over a lot. But anyway, I get to the hospital and the doctor. Well, first of all, the police come in and they're they're about there before anybody. And they've got their little tablet and they're, they're looking at me. Well, they make him go way over to the other side by himself. And they have another policeman with him. And they're over here with me. And they're like, "Okay, now tell us everything. We want to know all of it, you know. And they got their little pad paper in hand. And I'm like, you want to know the truth? And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, it was an accident. I wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be at the ticker count, ticket counter. And, there, and he's just like, ma'am, are you absolutely sure? Are you sure? And I said, yes, sir. I'm sure. I am positive. That's exactly what happened. And he's... You know, he goes, now, let me give you my card, you know, in case you decide that you, <laughs> this is this is not the truth. Or maybe you just want to, you know, retell it. Go ahead and call me. And he said, I'll be here day or night, you know. I'm like, thank you very much. I just kind of blown the thing because there's no different. I mean, I wasn't supposed to be there. I was not supposed to be there, period. I wasn't even supposed to be at the fair. It wasn't his fault. Anyway, um, then my dad shows up and of course he's like, what, what is wrong with you? Why didn't you see her? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you see her? That was his two questions. What's wrong with you? Why didn't you see her? And I kept saying, daddy, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. It was, it was my fault. But anyway, um, turned out there was the doctor kept putting me through tests and I would pass the test with flying colors and finally he turned around me and he goes I think I'm gonna have to let you go and I was like you what wait a minute I've just been run over by a truck I mean you you can't let me go and he goes honestly he goes I can't find out what's wrong with you there's and about this time Jeff um, there was this nice nurse and she said Dr. And she was just very sweet and kind. And she said, doctor, excuse me. She said, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt or anything. She said, can I talk to Cindy for a minute? She said, it'll just be a minute. And he goes, oh, thank you. Thank you very, you can just see the relief go into him. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, you know. So she came over to me and, and she just got right in, you know, and she kind of whispered into my ear and she said, Cindy, she said, we're going to have to do it. And I just stopped and I go, oh no. She goes, honey, we're gonna have to do it. As long as the doctor doesn't know what's going on, we're gonna have to do it. And I said, okay. And she said, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And just real quick, she picked up my right hip and I just screamed bloody murder. (laughs) You know it hurts so bad. Well, the nurses knew about it, but he didn't. And he goes, "Oh, now I'm seeing." And he goes, "Thank you, thank you very much." Well, anyway, I went through another test. Turned out, I almost had a fractured right hip. It was almost pulverized, and the um, and my heart was bruised. I didn't even know you could bruise your heart, but they said it was a muscle. So um, I'm like, okay, (laughs) I didn't even know you could bruise a heart. Well, anyway, I ended up being in the hospital for two weeks. But before we get to that, um, anyway, um, I told David that night what, what had happened. And he goes, why didn't you tell me? He said, you knew I would have believed you. Oh, my gosh. I wish I had told him. But anyway, that's, that's already passed. But Um, anyway, uh, he left and that night before I went to sleep, all of a sudden I heard that voice again and I'm going to, I'm going to read to you because I don't want to mistake it for anything else because he told me some specific things and I said, who is, who are you, you know? And he said, I'm God. And I go, Oh, Jeff, when he said that I got so scared because I was in a very bad place in my life. I wasn't even following God. I was raised up in church and um, I had been a good Christian until the day my grandmother died. And then when she died, I kind of just went off into a different direction but anyway, he, um, he was very um, stern and I knew, I knew I couldn't hide. I couldn't, it was, um, it's, it's like, um, it's like an open book, this book, you know, that I've got, it's open. He could read every page. He knew every, everything I had done, everything everything I'd done. I couldn't have hid anything. I was so scared that I was going to die that night that uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but I just thought I'm not going to make it. He's going to take me tonight. And I knew if I had said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing that he could have, he could have taken me right then and there. But anyway, um, I said, but wait a minute. I said, God always told me I mean, not God, but the church always told me that you don't talk to people anymore. And this is what he said. He said, Oh, not everything they tell you in church is the truth. The word is the truth. And you must read the word and decide if the church you are going to is telling the truth. I have never stopped talking to my people and I never will. I tried to prevent you from going to the fair but you would not listen. So I allowed Satan to run over you with that truck, but not to kill you. David was not responsible for this accident. Satan was, God said. If you don't turn your life around and change, I will allow Satan to kill you next time. Sorry about that. (laughs) It's okay. But um, as you can see, that uh, that was scary. That was scary, and I never thought that I would ever be in a predicament like that. I I just I never did. But anyway, um, I I did turn my life around, so to speak. In uh, later on, <laughs> I got back to where I should be.
1: Yeah. After you had your initial boating accident, Yes. did you have any new abilities afterwards that you hadn't had before?
0: Yes. Yes. I, uh, I started, um, um, I, I could, I could look at somebody or hear about somebody and I would know something that was going to happen to them in the future. I would hear about another person and know that they were going to die in a certain period of time. It was amazing because all of this had never happened to me before. I, I didn't even know what to think about it. So yeah, I got all kinds of different things. So I, a lot of times I think I did die. I, I was in, they put me into such heavy, um, heavy drugs that I think that I have forgotten it, mm. or you know it was it was um lost because of all the drugs right because I was at for two weeks. I have no idea where I was, period, I don't know if I was in a coma, I don't know what happened but when when they found me, I was face down in the water, and the man that hit me flipped me up and picked me up with the belt like this. And they said that that initial hit with the boat didn't help my back. And him picking me up like this didn't help with Mm. my back. So that's probably what paralyzed me.
1: You may have had some kind of trip to the other side. If you did, you just don't remember it.
0: Yeah. And I think God knows me well enough to know that if I had ever gotten over there, I wouldn't have wanted to come back. Mm -hmm. You know, it would have, it would have, it would have, I don't know, would have really upset me really bad to have to come back. And maybe I would have been in depression and all that. And, you know, there's could have been a lot of stuff happen. Right. So I think he knew better.
1: (laughs) All right. So let's fast forward to the next.
0: Yeah. The next one was um, this had happened almost right after my accident. I was home. I had just arrived home and I went to sleep that night. Normal. Dad had put my wheelchair by the bed and I went to sleep and I went into this dream and This dream is so in my mind. Anyway, I have never forgotten it since that day. And that was 15 and I'm 69 now. So anyway, I went to sleep and I woke up. uh, Mr. France next door had called me and said, Cindy, he said, you need to get over here. He said, there's his telephone that's in our um, backyard. And he said, it's for you. I go, for me? And he goes, yeah. He said, you really need to see this telephone. I said, okay, okay. And interesting to note, in every dream I'm in, I'm always walking. I never have crutches or anything. But anyway, I walked on over to his house. And it was interesting. As I was getting towards his backyard, I noticed his backyard. And Jeff, his backyard the most beautiful backyard I have ever well I've never seen a backyard like this every color was outstanding it was there was waterfalls there was it was it went on endless there was no ending to it it just went on for miles and miles and miles but um, there was waterfalls there were trees there were there were plants and everything every single blade of grass every single color was different than anything i've ever seen in this ever i've never seen a color like that here and every blade of grass all by itself was singing and and it was it was going in a way that um each one, each, even, even, the even the drops of water were singing. And I don't know what they were singing, but they were singing. And it was like, there was different colors. They were singing. Everything had its own life to it. It was kind of like they were dancing. I don't even know how to explain to you. There is no explaining unless somebody's seen it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, it was the most beautiful. Well anyway, <laughs> back to the back to the deal. Well, this was in 1968. In 1968, we didn't have cell phones back then. There was no such thing. There was no such thing as a cordless phone. Well anyway, I I can't get my eyes off of this off of this yard. And their backyard is normally has no trees, no nothing. They had a poodle. And this poodle ran ran the gamut of their yard. And so there was no even. It was just a rut, you know, along their fence line. Well, anyway, um, I'm I'm just I'm just woo with this backyard, and he's pointing at this phone, and I'm like, okay, okay, and I look down at the phone, and there's this handset, and there's the 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 regular phone part, and no cord, and I'm like, okay, great. So I pick up this phone and I'm still looking at the at the at the yard, you know, going, wow. And I go, hello, 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 like this and uh, not expecting anybody to answer because I thought it was all a joke. And there was a lady on the phone and she goes, Cindy. And I go, yeah. And she said, "Um, I've got a telephone call for you. Just a moment, please. And all of a sudden, this woman answered and she goes, Cindy, it's mom. And I go, yeah, right. Well, I just got to tell you what happened there. Mom had died when I was eight, but mom was very, very angry. She had some issues going on, a lot of issues. And so I, um, I was mad. I was I was very angry with my mom didn't didn't want to talk about her didn't want anything well anyway I um I go oh yeah right lady you know who the heck are you I said my mom is dead she said yeah I know I go okay you know I was really cocky you know kind of cocky and I go yeah okay And she goes, well, ask me three questions. Only your mom would know. So I asked her, I said, okay, what's my dad's full name? And she told me, and I said, what's my full name? And she told me, and I said, okay, fine, lady. And I said, you got those two, right? I said, but I want my mom's full name, but I want her maiden name also. She goes, okay. She said, Maddie, Estelle, Scott, Watson, Cindy, it's me. And I go, mama, she goes, yeah, it's me. And I go, but, but, and the whole time, Jeff, I'm not taking my eyes off this backyard because it's so beautiful. And I am every time I look, I'm seeing something different, seeing something different. And um, anyway, she said, yeah. And I said, mom, I said, how in the world? I said, what in the world? She said, she said, well, I called you for two reasons. She said, there's two things I need to talk to you about. She said, number one, she said, is your anger with me? She said, you can't continue to be angry with me and enter into um, heaven where, where, where I'm at. She said, I want you here when your life is done. And I said, I said, Oh, okay. I said, is that what this is out here? And she said, what? And I said, this, this backyard, she said, um, she said, what do you think it is? And I said, is it heaven? She said, no, Cindy. She said, it's not heaven. She said, it's paradise. I go, I had never heard of paradise. So I didn't even know what paradise was. I said, paradise. She said, yeah. She said, that's your entrance into heaven. She said nobody uh, goes or or comes back right into heaven. They always go through paradise. And I said, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting to note. Well, anyway, um, I said, but mom, I said, why were you always, you know, we went into this talk about what happened and why she was so angry and all that. She she told me that she was sorry and that um, and she always called him the heavenly father. That's always what she said. The heavenly Father has allowed me to talk to you, and the heavenly Father has told me that there is only so much time, you know. Anyway, and um, and then I as as I was wanting to ask her a couple more questions, she said, "Well, wait a minute." She said, "I have another thing to talk to you about, and it's your dad." I said, "Dad," and she said, "Yeah." She said, "Your dad is uh, planning on doing something." And she said, you have to stop him. And I go, but, but, you know, I go, but what, what is that? And she said, you tell me. She wouldn't, she wouldn't speak bad things. Uh, and and I didn't understand that why. But anyway, I said, okay. And um, I said, suicide. And she said, that's right. You've got to stop him. And I said, oh, no, mom, he'd never do anything like that. She said, yes, he would. She said, yes, he would. She said, you need to talk to him and, and you need to get this this fixed." She said, but she said, I want you to do something for me. She said, go look in the hall closet. And there's a book in there. And she said, you're, you're going to see how much I love, love you in that book. And it was my baby book. And I go, oh, oh, OK. But I said, I want to talk to you about some other stuff, you know. And she said, no, I, I, I don't have enough time. She said, the heavenly father has told me, I don't, I'm, I'm done with my time. She said, but I will see you soon. And she said, just remember what I said. She said, I love you very much. And I go, wait, wait, wait. And all of a sudden I took my eyes off it, off of that lawn and onto the phone, you know, where it was at and the phone disappeared out of my hand and off the, off the table. And Jeff, I thought my life was over with. I mean, I was so, what do you call it? I was so depressed <laughs> when that, and, and and heaven or paradise or whatever this was, was gone. And I thought, oh, please come back, please. And I waited there a few minutes and it never did come back. And I thought, okay, I don't think it's gonna come back. And so I walked on home I didn't I don't remember seeing anybody or or opening doors or anything and I didn't want to talk to anybody. But anyway, as as soon as I got home, the minute my foot hit the doorstep, I mean that that um that step to go into my house, I woke up. Mm. And um I'm like, "Oh no. I remember everything." And so I'm yelling for dad, no answer, no answer. So I get in my wheelchair, I stumble around, get in my wheelchair and um, I'm screaming through the house, daddy, daddy, no answer, no answer. And I thought, wait a minute, he's always outside smoking. So I went outside, I went to the door and I'm like yelling for dad. He, he's out there smoking a cigarette. So I get out there and I said, dad, I said, I've got to talk to you. And he goes, oh, and so I told him all about the dream. And it's dark, you know, but I'm seeing I'm seeing him with this cigarette, you know, and he's crying. And finally, I say, by the way, I said, Dad, you're not going to believe what he told what she told me about you. And he goes, oh, what, honey, what'd she tell you? And I told him and he goes, oh, my gosh, he said, I I," said, he just shook his head. And I said, you're kidding me. I said you really were planning on doing that. He said, "Yeah." He said, "I thought you'd be better off without me." And I said, "What?" I got so angry, so upset. I said, "Daddy, no. You know, you're the only thing I've got. You're you're it." So he said, "You know," he said, "I won't do it now." He said, "You you must talk to your mom. You must talk to your mom." I said, "Well, I did, Dad, because I I was mad at her." Anyway, but that's that's what happened to me two different things
1: well that was an amazing dream and thank you for sharing that with us
0: but that it, to me is it's still it's still here i mean i can't even remember remember what i ate for dinner last night much less you know but i can still remember that dream i mean it, it is so real
1: it has not faded at all
0: no it mm. has not that's why i don't think it was a dream i mm-hmm. think it was real I think my mother called me and my dad verified it, you know, because I go and talk to him. And sure enough, I had no idea he was going to kill himself. Right. He thought I'd be better off since I'd had my accident that, you know, if if he were dead, I don't understand where that came from. But, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and sure enough, in that baby book was all the stuff she was talking about how much she loved me.
1: Were you even aware of the baby book before she mentioned it?
0: No, I wasn't. I didn't even know it was up there.
1: <laughs> hmm. Did you feel like the dream was just as real as you and me talking right now?
0: Oh yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And um the strange thing is she knew she knew I was angry. How would she know I was angry? And how would she know about Dad? I mean, what's you know? I didn't know about Dad. Right. I didn't know about about you know. I didn't know about paradise. So it was like, wow, this is all so real now.
1: I've had, I believe, at least one near death experiencer, probably more than one, that they see every blade of grass. and, yeah. and they describe. Paradise like that before. People say that the grass and trees were alive, maybe talking, maybe singing. Yeah, they were singing.
0: It was so strange, singing. And 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 I think they were singing. This is what I think. I'm not real sure about it, but I think they were singing praises to God. You Mm -hmm. know, because they were all so happy and they were it. They were moving in a in a like kind of like this. It was really strange you know Uh, not a it was a dance (laughs) go ahead
1: after any of these experiences did you change the course of your life and if so how
0: yes um unfortunately um I didn't change really fast on on this the, the first one I told you about I wish I had Uh, It took me a while. I kept looking for a book. I don't know why I was looking for books, but I finally found a book. But anyway, then I realized what I needed to do. It's kind of like the information is kept from you. And you have to kind of figure it out. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You have to kind of figure it out. So I was looking for a book. And when I found the book, I realized, oh, I think I need to get back into church and I need to yes, it did straighten me out. It it really did cuz I thought, "Oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to die by Satan's hand. I sure don't." You know. <laughs> that was that was crazy.
1: Could you say it was like hinting or somebody giving you clues, but it was kind of hard to believe in them?
0: <sighs> like um When, when God spoke to me, I believed every word he said, every single, I knew that he knew all about me. And I knew that if I didn't change, things would be different. And I don't know why I, I don't know if we're stubborn or if I'm stubborn, I don't know. I I guess I, I have a stubborn streak, who knows? I don't. I don't want to have one.
1: You mentioned that you were an angry person. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? How angry you were, and what you were angry at, and what you know, what you yeah. were
0: like. Yes, I. Uh, I was. I was very angry with mom because of the way she had treated me and the way she had. There was uh, not a whole lot of good experiences. I don't remember any good experiences and so that kind of um I feel like I've where you kind of feel like okay I didn't have these good experiences so maybe I'm missing things in my life where I should have had I should have had a a mom that loved me I should have had those good things that happened and Also, I was angry because my grandmother had died, and I had told her and told God I didn't want her to die. Well, you know, people have to die. They can't live forever. And I don't know why I thought that she could live forever, because she couldn't. And so um, it was, I was rebellious, and I wasn't doing the right things, and I was, um i was doing all the wrong things i would say i was headed in the wrong direction i was um i wasn't telling the truth i was lying i was cheating i was you name it every every wrong thing you can think of i was doing mm. um it's sad and but you know i did change <laughs>
1: yeah sounds like to me you turned your life around
0: yeah yeah and if I had to have that experience in order to turn around, I'm glad I did because I, um, I, uh, I have kids, I have a, a family. I don't, you know, I'm sure that my life would have been cut short because of it, you know, if I kept going in the wrong directions that I was headed do you f- I wasn't I wouldn't I wouldn't particularly say I was a really bad person, but I wasn't going in the right direction. <laughs> you know.
1: Do you fear death at all?
0: No, not now. Um, before I think I was wanting death in a way because you're doing things that are are compromising to yourself. And I think I was wanting death, but, you know, that would have been bad. That would have been real bad had I had died then. Would have been bad, Mm -hmm. you know. So, no, I'm not afraid of death now. I want to do what I was meant to do, and I don't know what that is. (laughs) You know, everybody things now and I know that I'm supposed to write these books so and I'm on my second one now so when Mm. I get that one done who knows
1: all right your first book is called God's Amazing Hands and I guess it's basically about these two experiences but it goes into more detail right
0: there's a lot of miracles in this book um mine and other people's there's uh several Near-death experiences in both of them. I mean, in this one and in my other one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah. yeah.
1: You can find your book on Amazon?
0: Yes, and on my website.
1: Okay, what's your website?
0: cindyphillipsbooks.com
1: Okay. Since the time that your mother had died, would you say that you had forgotten what the sound of her voice was like? So when you heard her, you didn't even recognize her?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, because I was only eight when she died.
1: And this was uh, how many years? I was 15. 15. When you had the dream. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us one of the miracles from your book?
0: Yes. There's another one where um, our our dog, T-Bone, had gotten a hold of strychnine poisoning. I mean, got a hold of strychnine. He ate it. And I saw him out on the lawn and he was eating. I mean, he was foaming at the mouth and I ran out there you know I always call it running anyway I ran out there and my husband ran out at the same time and as we met I said oh my gosh what's wrong with t-bone and he said Cindy he got a hold of strychnine I put it out behind the barn I didn't think he could get a hold of it I'm like oh my gosh well anyway um he he I can make it real quick but Anyway, he left and I just continually prayed over T-Bone. I put him, I put him on my lap. I, I I was sitting down and I put his head in my lap and I prayed for that dog like you wouldn't believe. I I rebuked every dead thing there was in the world and quoted scripture as much as I could remember and all that stuff. Well, anyway, by the time he drove up, I said, T-bone will be fine. He goes, What? You know, he goes, but he ate strychnine. I said, take him to the vet. He'll be fine. Well, to make a long story short, T-bone lived. And the vet said, I don't know how he, how in the world this dog made it. I really don't. They gave him uh, vitamin K because he was bleeding. Every every part of his body was bleeding because of the strychnine. But he made it. Mm, that's and great. that was one of the miracles in the book.
1: After listening to this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you. Are you open yes. to that? And if so, how should they reach you?
0: On my website um, that I just gave you, um, uh, my phone number and my email is on there. They can call me or um write me hmm. yeah. on either one.
1: Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
0: I think that, that we're all we're all here for a reason. And um if if it's If it isn't positive, if it isn't coming from your heart in something good, then just don't even say it. Just kind of keep it to yourself. That's kind of my positive message.
1: Well, thank you for that message. And Cindy, thank you for being my guest today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best.
0: Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. (laughs) You too. All right.